your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche and on the show today, we will be discussing, uh, is there more trades in the future for the Colorado Avalanche? We will hear from Coach Jared Bednar after his press conference after the first game of the Coyotes uh, Avalanche faceoff. And I had a good comment from somebody over on Instagram and uh, kind of calling out networks for favoring the big market teams. Is that true, and do the Avalanche suffer because of that? So we'll get to that stuff and follow the show. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets like Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche over there on Instagram. Search for Locked on Avalanche and send any questions, comments, or concerns or opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And once again, we're kind of like a day behind when it comes to the games because when they play on the far west coast, it's a little bit later start time and uh, it's just really late nights to watch the game in full and then do a show and then edit and then post. So uh, we're kind of a, a day behind. But the Avalanche two days ago won the first game against Arizona to keep their streak going and Looked good again in doing it. A pretty dominating game, and they continued to ride a wave. Another uh, game where they had a lot of shots on goal. Held Arizona to 25, pretty modest, but um, they didn't get any power play goals, and they allowed the Coyotes to get one out of their two. And overall, just the the when the Avalanche wanted to take that game over, they did. They're just they can play a team like Arizona, and the way hockey is designed, teams are going to stick around. You know, what I mean, you don't have a, a game like basketball where a team can go on like a 10-0 run, a 15-0 run to start the game, and then you know a team spends most of the time coming back. Like a lot of the times in hockey, it, that that's why it's such a great sport is because the games are are most of the time close, and this was a little bit in the beginning. But once Belmar got that goal, uh, it was kind of off to the races. And if you look at the stats, one forward did not get on the stat sheet in game one against the Coyotes, and that was Brandon Saad. Everybody else, as far as the forwards, had at least one point. Now, on the defensive end, only one player had a point, and that was Jacob McDonald. But... I mean, everybody was just in on this game. And then it ended with almost, it was a a carbon copy of points with Jonas Donskoy scoring the last two goals, both assisted by Jost and Chuskin. So overall, a fantastic game for for the Avalanche. Uh, And again, we will see how, because I'm recording this before game two takes place, you have to assume uh, Jonas Johansson is going to be in net. The you know the worst thing that could happen for him is is a rough start. 
because of the way that Miska had his start. Uh, you don't want a repeat of that because immediately people are going to be saying, uh, you know, w- why did we even trade if he's just going to be a recreation of Hunter Miska if, if he just has this, this bad start to a game? Uh, I hope he plays a, a good game. By the time you're listening to this, you will know if he did or not. Um, but that begs the question, are there more trades on the horizon for the Avalanche? And not not just in the goalie department. We still have to see how Johansson's going to play out. And however he played in last night's game, uh, does if he played well, good. If he played bad, it doesn't mean they're moving on from him after one game. He's a new player in a new town. But beyond that, beyond the the goalie, is there more moves on the horizon for the Avalanche? Uh, you, you've seen, well, if you are on social media, specifically Twitter, you've seen some of the, the reporters who follow the Avalanche posting things that there are scouts from, I think there were scouts from the Penguins, the Sabres, and for some reason, I'm uh, the Devils, I believe, were at Avalanche game, the Avalanche Coyotes game. Um, and then it was also reported that the Avalanche had sent their scouts to, I think it was in Pittsburgh and maybe Detroit. Um, so just by that, yeah, you would have to think that there's maybe some moves at least in talks doesn't mean that anything is going to happen and i'm not going to guess on what players it could be Uh, we know joe sackick doesn't go for the home run so all of the names you see out there the bigger names could they be in the mix again anything is possible but joe sackick really likes the team he has right now and i don't think he wants to give up any piece of it so Whatever he gives up, it's most likely going to be draft picks. In that regard, the Avalanche need to be a little bit careful because they've already given up, obviously, two number twos for Devontae's for the next two years. Uh, They just gave up a sixth to get Johansson, and they don't have a fourth in next year's draft because of last year's deal to get Nemetsnikov. So right now, the Avs don't have a second, a fourth, and a sixth for next year's draft. So the draft picks are running low for the Avalanche, and that, you don't want that either. I mean, you're, you're not going to give up a, a first-round pick. Um, you know, if you're giving up something like a seventh or something like that, okay, I think you can make do with that. But you don't want to be going into drafts not having, uh, you know, not having uh, less draft picks than you're drafting. And right now they're on the verge of that. They have four draft picks out of these seven rounds. So one more draft pick given up and you've flipped that. So that's not where the avalanche want to be. And if you have to deal with it for one year, do you say, okay, we're, we're kind of stacked in our minor system. If we have to give it up in terms of draft picks for a year. Okay. And then you go into 2020, uh, 2022 and, as of right now, all you've given up is a second round pick because of that Taves trade. So what do the Avalanche do? They're kind of in a tough spot because you don't either you don't want to give up those prospects either, uh, depending on who they are. 
then the Avs feel like they have a, a, a really deep, and they do have a really deep prospect pool. So it's kind of, you could see it going either way. We could see it, the Avs bringing in a guy of veteran presence for a nice playoff push. Um, but the question is, what do you give up? And because you, when you look into what the Avalanche have, what they want to or don't want to give up in terms of the players and the kind of getting there and the lack of draft picks, their hand might be forced into kind of stay pat. Maybe they make a, a very minor deal for a late round draft pick in next year's draft if a team is willing to make that deal. But it, it'll be kind of interesting. It seems like the Avs have done a lot of dealing between the offseason uh, going into this season. And, you know, with, with the Johansson deal, they might be done. They might be done. They're, they really could say either way. And I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth with that, but it's true. It's how much do the Avalanche want to wager on giving up things in their future with draft picks and who, which prospect do they really want to get rid of for a possible rental? It's always the game you play at the trade deadline. So will the Avs do it? Uh, remains to be seen, but seems like there are scouts coming to Avalanche games, and Avalanche are sending their scouts out to other teams' um, matchups as well. So time will tell with that. All right, so let's hear from a couple sponsors for today, and then we will get to Coach Bednar's comments from after game one of the Avalanche matchup with the Arizona Coyotes. And first, we're going to hear from Locker Room. Um, last week, we started a partnership with the iOS app Locker Room, and it's the first sh- uh, social audio platform made specifically for sports fans. It's a free download on the App Store, and once you're in, you can talk with me, you can talk with other fans. Sometimes there's even athletes, uh, current athletes who start rooms on the app. Uh, There's insiders, journalists who start rooms, um, and it's all in real time, and it's about your favorite team or sports. I will be hosting another room in the Locker Room app Tomorrow, Thursday night, it will be at 9 o'clock Eastern, so 7 o'clock Mountain Time. And we will be doing that weekly. So you can, it's just like joining a Zoom call, but it's all audio and it's all about sports. And there's a chat room off to the side and you can chat with other Avalanche fans while I am doing the show. And if you, while you're listening, if something piques your interest and you want to join in the conversation, you just hit a button and I can enter you into the chat with me. You can either ask me a question or just get whatever you want off your chest. And then when you're done, you can go back into the chat room and chat it up with the Avalanche fans. It's a pretty awesome app that they have. It's the perfect place to start and join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news and rumors. Uh, So be sure to be joining me. Like I said, I'll be hosting that room tomorrow, Thursday, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. 
Hopefully Android is coming soon. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever group, NFL, baseball, NHL, for the latest league updates. And follow me at Locked on Avalanche. Locked underscore on underscore Avalanche. I believe it's the perf- the specific tag on there. Uh, and you'll be notified whenever my room goes live. Uh, so I know you won't want to miss it. I am planning to once again be live Thursday. And I can't to hear from everybody uh, and chat it up with some of the fans. The first time we did it last week, it was a lot of fun. We had a, a few people in the chat. A couple guys came over into the discussion that we were having and uh and then that show was released the following day so you'll be on the show if you want to it's a lot of fun if you don't want to just want to chat it up with people in the chat room go ahead and do that too all right and also built bar been telling you about built bar for quite a while it is the best tasting protein bar on the market it's amazing flavors they are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber like i said they are the best tasting protein bar on the market and they're covered with 100 percent chocolates and now you can go over to BuiltBar.com and take part in the Built Bar Madness. And they are matching up their flavors against each other to find out which flavor reigns supreme. So go over to BuiltBar.com or visit them on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off of your next order. Once again, the promo code is LOCKED15. And 15% comes off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back to see who won today's matchups and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. It's coming down to the wire. All right. uh, Let's get to Coach Bednar and his comments after the first game, the Avalanche, pretty dominant over the Arizona Coyotes. So here's Coach Bednar. Hey, Jared, just looking at this game, it felt like the first 10 minutes, you know, you guys were trying to get your legs under you a little bit. What was the turning point, do you think, for you guys that first period? Uh, great shift by the Belmar line. I, I thought that, um, you know, we, we came out, we were skating pretty well. I, I just didn't think we were physically engaged enough in the game just for the first, I'd say, eight to 10 minutes. Um we didn't. We weren't doing a very good job on our forecheck, eliminating their D and, and um, you know causing turnovers to play ozone play. And then uh, same thing in, in in our arrivals in the D zone coverage. We just weren't physical enough. We weren't getting there quick enough. Um, you know, so it was uh, we were in and out of the offensive zone. We were spending a little bit of time in the D zone, and then we, you know, we we got a little bit more engaged and uh, the Belmar line started it out and. Um, you know, we went through our, our lines a couple times and we ended up getting rewarded uh, with back-to-back goals there. And um, and then I thought the second period was was a real good period for us and, um, you know, sort of secured our uh, our victory here tonight. Mike Chambers, Denver Post. Yeah, Jared, I just wanted to ask you about what happened in Boulder here today and if it was tough for you as a coach to uh play this game and for the players to play it and 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 maybe not learn so much about it because it might have messed you up i mean as a reporter it's not easy to work here tonight and cover a game which seems so insignificant after something like that right um 
Well, I'm not sure how many players knew about it or, or when they found out about it. I, I didn't find out about it until um, I came off the ice after the game. You know, there's no one around in, in our uh, in our locker room prior to the game. And, um, you know, after the game, we got news that, you know, that there was a, a shooting and that, you know, uh, you know, another needless sort of event that, it's just sad and it's tragic and our thoughts and prayers go out to the, to the families and the community of Boulder and everyone affected by that. I think, I think it's, it's hard news to hear, especially when it's so close to home. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know how many of the guys it was affecting or, or who even knew about it. Cause I didn't until the, until the game was over, but uh, obviously that's bigger news than our hockey game here tonight. And, um, you know, hopefully they can find peace in Boulder and we can do anything we can to help. Peter Baugh, The Athletic. Yeah, Jared, I, I guess I wanted to ask about, about JT Comfer and, and what you have thought of him on the fourth line so far. Obviously tonight, I know you said they were kind of one of the turning points of the game. Yeah, well, they were good tonight. They were good. I thought that the energy... Uh, early from that line, they were one of the lines that was getting up on the forecheck and, and uh, creating havoc. They were disruptive with their sticks, it, you know, real good work ethic, didn't spend a lot of time in their zone. Good details to the game. They, they uh, And they get this at first goal. The first goal is an important goal, especially if that Arizona came out tonight. I, I, I knew they were going to come out hard this sort of in a an important stage of their season uh six points out of a playoff spot um you know we we, we i felt like it was going to be a competitive game and it was and, and uh for for that line to go out and and not only do some heavy lifting on on the penalty kill but but also to get us that first goal and get rewarded for some of their work on a real nice play off the four check and cycle in into belmar uh, you know, I love to see it. I love to see those guys get rewarded for that work and to get a start. It was a big play in the game. Eric Dean, Mile High Sports. Hey, Jared, I had a two-parter for you. Uh, the last four games for uh, Philip Grubauer, he's surrendered a couple goals or and, and they've all come on the power play. He's not really letting in anything, even strength. So I just wanted your thoughts about that. And number two, if you have uh, made a decision yet about who's going to be starting tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't um, on the second question. And, you know, I think our team's been doing a real nice job of, of limiting the scoring chances against. And uh, Gruby's doing a nice job of staying sharp um, without a lot of work. But what he's doing is he's making key saves at key times. Uh, I think the shots after the first, they had four or five. And he had to make two really good saves in the first period. And, you know, it's not a lot of work and sometimes it's difficult, but I feel like he's really sort of had a knack of staying focused and um, making key saves at key times like he did tonight. And then even in the third period, we gave up the breakaway. We kind of misplayed an entry on a, what looked like was going to be a good scoring chance for us. And, and he makes a breakaway save. There's still plenty of time left for Arizona to come back in it. 
I think you're seeing, you know, five to six good scoring chances against tonight, and and he's been uh, equal to the task. So that's that's key. When you're getting key saves at key times from your starter, uh, and being able to suppress uh, shots and chances the way we've been doing, it's a good recipe for success. And last one here for Jared, Max Hopp, DPA, Germany. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, asking for German media about Ruby too. Um, what what about his play makes him so valuable for your team, generally speaking? And would you say that he is at his best currently, or ha have you seen him play better than currently? Uh, he, well, I mean, he's just he he's just steady, and and he's making all the saves that he's supposed to make, and then mixing in a couple that you know he you can expect some of them to go in the net and he's been doing a nice job of keeping them, keeping them out. And uh, again, I just kind of touched on what I, what I thought of his game tonight. And, and there's been a lot of similar games like that recently. Uh, this is probably as good as I've seen him play. I mean, he had a, he had a run in uh, to get us in the playoffs a couple of years ago and into the playoffs. He's, he's been really good. Uh, he's been healthy. He's been working on staying healthy and staying strong. I think he's real confident in his game right now. And it, it's certainly up there as good as I've seen him play for, especially for a long stretch like this. He's, he's, he's been busier this year than he's ever been before with us uh, in regular season anyway. And um, he's, he's feeling good about his game and, 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 and so are we with him in the net. We're a confident team and, and that's what you need to win in this league. All right, and before we uh, get to one specific comment Coach Bednar made, just want to mention betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Of course, football over is over, but the NBA, the NHL in full, full swing, and obviously March Madness is upon us. So go to BetOnline for all of your betting action. It even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, and you can receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the, the one thing I wanted to get to real quickly was uh, they did ask him about JT Comfer. He was satisfied with his play. Uh, like I said, the Avalanche did uh, the everybody forward wise scored for them, and Comfer was one assist in that game, which is, is good to see him actually you know get up on the scoreboard because it hasn't been happening very often. Um, the interesting thing is before I, I the, the game last night now has not started yet, and it is. Uh, been reported that Logan O'Connor will be in today for JT Confer. So this is what I said in yesterday's show. Is like we might see a back and forth with these guys. I don't know. It just came out, so I don't know if it's injury-driven. I hope not that, you know, JT came back for one game and they got injured again. Let's hope that's not the case. Uh, but we, we might be seeing this back and forth between these two guys uh, quite a while for the, for the rest of the year. So... All right, the last thing I wanted to get to was uh, a comment that was posted to my Instagram page. I put up all those trophies, and when I said the NHL awards, uh, to Avalanche fans or Avalanche players only. 
Uh, people seem to enjoy that. And did you notice I didn't have Nathan McKinnon or Kale McCarr in any award? And that's not to slight them and say that they're not having good seasons, uh, but it just kind of goes to show you the two, arguably the two best players. Well, definitely Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, arguably the second best player on the Avalanche. Uh, while they're having good seasons, how many other Avalanche players are having great years? And you can do what I did and give players on the Avalanche awards, and you don't necessarily have to give one to Nathan McKinnon or Kale McCarr. That's how good this team is doing this year. So, but a a comment within one of those uh, posts that I put, and I just want to get this gentleman's name right. His name's James. And I'll just read what he he wrote and then comment on it. So he said he was listening to the last episode and something that he has noticed along with his friends. And he kind of says maybe that we we realize this because we are Avalanche fans. He finds that a lot of media outlets only pitch their wants. And what he means by that is, for example, uh, in the last year's Stanley Cup finals, the NHL Network and NBC would not shut up about Dallas. Even when a team beat them, it wasn't, oh, Avalanche played a good game. It was Dallas Dallas played good, but just didn't quite get the results. I feel this happens a lot around the industry, which is why I am glad that he found my show. And then he goes into lauding me, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, And he says he's going to be looking forward to today's show and keep up the good work. I would definitely try to do that. And thank you for listening, James. He's right. Um, If... You are not in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, Dallas. You could even throw Philadelphia in there. Those are six, these six big markets. And that's fine. There's going to be big markets. There's going to be small markets. That is sports. But when those big markets are kind of given special treatment by the networks, it makes the small guy feel like, what else do we have to do? And the interesting thing here, and it's not, it's not that he kind of posted that because look what's happening right now in college basketball. And it happens every single year in the tournament. There's always upsets. There's always upsets. And we love to see the upsets. So why do we love to see the upsets from the small market teams over the big boys, you know, the big Kentuckys and Duke's not even in it this year. And, you know, North Carolina goes down and Whenever those teams go down, we love to see it, but we still give all of the adoration and accolades to the big markets. And it makes you, you wonder, you know, what, what, what does the, what do the, for the avalanche in terms of hockey, it's a small market. What do they have to do to get the recognition from around the league bottom line is win uh you win a stanley cup people will take notice and you know that until then the the viewer is going to be looking at those six big markets that that i had mentioned in the past it's just the nature of the beast and sports and and commissioners might say you know they're they're not biased and i think by and large they're, they're not specifically biased but they are out for to, to make sure the any league is viable for the long term. So who does a, a commissioner want to see in the finals? 
if you ask them, they're not going to, well, you, you won't ever get an honest answer out of them. But let's just, for the sake of the argument, at the beginning of a the season, they want uh, New York, and I'm not even talking hockey, I'm just talking sports. They want New York versus LA. They want New York versus Dallas. Uh, they, they, that's what they want. They want Chicago versus Boston, though, because those draw viewers. That's just the way it is. Uh, if you get a team, like an exciting team, what happens every time the Avalanche are on national television? Almost always you hear about how exciting they are and how fast they are. That's to get the 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 middle of the road average viewer excited to watch them. So hopefully they remember that just in case they make it late in the Stanley Cup playoffs and into the Stanley Cup final, that viewer will say, oh yeah, I remember when so-and-so said the Avalanche were an exciting team. I'm going to watch them. That's why they do that every single... We hear it ad nauseum. And it's like, okay, we've, we've heard this over and over again. But it's not for us. It's for the people that don't really watch the Avalanche. And all they know is like the original six. And that's really it. But that's just the way it goes. And and you're right. And, and he, he kind of picked up on if a team, you know, like the Avalanche did better than Dallas for a game... Um, you'll get some credit to the Avalanche, sure, but most of it is what do what what did Dallas do wrong? What does Dallas have to do to fix things? Um, and it's a little bit frustrating. It, in a way, it, I like it because I like the David versus Goliath story when it comes to markets. I I love it, which is why I think so many people like March Madness because you know you're going to see some of the big guys fall. And for a small moment, uh, the little guy won. And you, you always you always like to see that. But it won't ever change. So don't expect... Uh, it'll change short term. If the Avalanche win a cup, the focal point for a little while. But the minute that, uh, you know, Toronto takes over or the Rangers take over, they'll get, they'll get top billing. Look at Tampa Bay gets... A good amount of of press because they are the Stanley Cup champions. But do you do you feel do you really feel like Tampa Bay has talked enough about as a Stanley Cup champion? You know, within the hockey world, sure, but you still are hearing about you know what what can Boston do? Can Boston turn this around? Not not turn it around. That's a bad choice of words. Can can Boston go for a, a deep run? It's because they're in Boston. And that's, that's what people want to see. The average viewer wants to see the big name teams. Just the way it is, and it probably will be forever. But that just makes when teams like us and the Avalanche go far and win, just makes it that much sweeter because you stuck it to the big guy. But great comment, James. Love it. And, uh, yeah, let me know what anybody else thinks. Hit me up on uh, Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Or email lockdownavalanche at gmail.com. That will be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today, each and every day. It's always appreciated. We'll see everybody tomorrow where we'll be talking about the other Avalanche, the Avalanche game that happened last night. We'll be talking about that. And like I said, definitely download the Locker Room app if you have an iOS device and join in on the conversation. It'll be fun. All right, everybody. See you tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.